Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Narratives of Grace podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Caleb Barrett. Today's message is from May 17th in our evening service, where I start a mini-series on the book of Jude. This message is Jude verses 1 through 4 on what it is to be called by God, to be preserved by Him, and to protect His truth. Amen. Good evening, church. We are glad that whoever is viewing is able to be viewing with us. Uh, We're glad that you have joined us, whether you're on the island uh, or somewhere else, anywhere in the world. We are glad that you are here with us tonight. And thank you, Ben, for for leading us in in worship uh, and musical worship so far this evening. And, And we're just so glad that we're able to still worship together, even though we can't be in the same room together. Um, <clears throat> it's just such a blessing, blessed thing that, that we look at all of these little glitches that we have through the evening, the, the things that won't post right, the, the posts that won't edit right, the things that won't play right, but we're still able to worship literally all over the world because of this little camera that we set up and plug into the wall. So uh, I'm just thankful that it works and that we're able to still worship together even in quarantine. Um, but uh, for anyone that, that regularly worships with us, you know that last time I preached, I finished uh, my series on the book of Colossians, and I was uh, praying and meditating over where to go next. And uh, the book of Jude came to mind, and I'm not sure why, but it just kept persisting. So uh, I will be doing a mini-series on the book of Jude. Uh, I say mini-series, but it's kind of ha- hard not to do a mini-series on the book of Jude. Uh, if you aren't aware, it is one chapter, and it is not a very long chapter. But we'll be starting that tonight, and we'll be going through that for the uh, rest of May. So it'll be about three weeks. But uh, tonight we're going to be looking at Jude verses 1 through 4. Um, but as I was reading this the, through the book uh, multiple times and reading on the book One of the things that came to mind was back in college, uh, everyone had to take a uh, interpreting the Bible class. It was required for all students at Trinity, uh, whether you were a Bible major or not. I was a Bible minor, but everyone had to take it regardless. Uh, And one of the things that the professor said was that when you're doing a really, when you're really looking to interpret a book, you need to read it in one setting. You don't need to continually read it in one setting, but you need to at least once read it in one sitting. Um, And he said that we would do that for the exam, so be ready. And that kind of made us all nervous until we saw that it was the book of Jude. Uh, And then, you know, we all pretty much got through that pretty quickly. Um, But as short of a book this is, it's a very significant call in this book. Um, We're only going to be looking, like I said, at the first four verses. But this really sets the tone for what the whole book is focusing on. Um, But before we get to what this is saying, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that you have called us into this place. We thank you that we're able to worship you together. And as I say into this place, we know that I don't necessarily literally mean this building because there's only uh, eight of us or so in the building. But in this place, meaning together in your heavenly temple to worship you, even though we can't be together physically, we are together spiritually, and that is a blessed thing. And I just ask that tonight as we look at the, the beginning of this short letter written by Jude, that we see your truth in it, first and foremost, above all other things. And I just pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our 
hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Before we read the the verses, uh, just a little bit of background on this book. Unlike a lot of the other books, we know very little on this one because it's not really referenced in any other books. Um, Jude didn't write very much um, other than this. Uh, We just know what this book says and what it alludes to. So frankly, a lot of the things that we know about the book are good educated guesses. One of which is the fact that we think that the letter was probably written before 70 AD, mainly because it doesn't allude to the destruction of Jerusalem or the sacking of the temple. Um, but again, that's still just an educated guess. He may have just not talked about it because he assumed that the other individuals he was writing to knew about it. Um, like a lot of the epistles, he's writing to correct a teaching, but it's not necessarily a specific teaching. He's writing to warn against false teachers. That is the purpose of his book. Um, and we know that it was written by Jude. Uh, if you look at the original language, you could also translate it as Judah, but uh, for the mo- most translations, they'll call it just Jude. And we know that Jude was the brother of James, but that means he was also the brother of Jesus. Uh, it's, it's interesting when you read the different places of why he didn't put it that way. But one of the biggest things is that he said he calls himself a slave of Jesus. He's not going to call himself also the brother because he might have seen that as a way of saying, I'm part of the family of Christ. No, I'm not. Christ is something wholly different. I'm the brother of James. Um, but in that same way, we know that he wasn't an apostle, but he was the brother of an apostle. But now let us read the first four verses of the book of Jude. Uh, If you don't know where it is in the New Testament, it is the second to last book. So if you're not sure, just, just flip somewhere in the back and you'll probably hit it. But the first four verses read, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, beloved, and God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, Although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. And there's a reason why this book is short, and part of that is because Jude doesn't mince words. He just goes right for it. He said, hey, it's good to talk to you, but here's this. He goes right into it. Um, but there is a lot in these four verses. Before we even get to what the book is about, the fourth verse, what it is very specifically saying, we see in this greeting that we're called by God. Uh, to those who are called. So that can mean a lot of different things, but when you look at what it, it, it translates, it means welcomed or invited. Again, this isn't a message of what salvation looks like. This isn't something I'm referring to the order of salvation, but it is simply that we are invited and welcomed by God. And he's writing to the saints. He's writing to all those who are welcomed by God. He's talking about an issue in the church and Part of this is that all of those who are in the church, all of those who are 
welcomed by God, all of those who are believers should look at what this warning is saying. This isn't a warning for the first century church. This is a warning through history. This is a warning of things that keep happening and have happened all throughout history. But it's important to know what a call is because this isn't just a call to God. It's a call from God. We need to remember that we're called for a purpose. And part of that call of purpose is general to every single believer. We are called to glorify God. I think back to when Dr. Orge was here last year and he was talking about different aspects of the call. But uh, in, that greet, in that meeting when he was here, he gave almost everybody a book about God's call. And, and I've since read it. And one of the things in that book is that everybody's called, but everybody's called to different things. And some calls are more specific than others. But one thing is to remember is that we are all called. Uh, sometimes that will be more specific in our lives than others. You'll, I'm sure, including myself, you'll have heard preachers say, I was going to preach on this tonight, but God laid something on my heart. When I was thinking about what to preach next, God laid this on my heart. I wasn't planning on preaching Jude next. I was planning on going to the Old Testament and looking at one of the minor prophets. But God called me to examine this book. I don't know why, but he did. Now, I didn't hear his voice say, Caleb, go and talk about Jude, but I kept coming back to it. My focus kept coming back to it, and I know that he called me to talk about this. And that's what happened to Jude. He said, I was going to write to you about our common salvation, but I had to address this. Now we see from books, uh, from letters from, from the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul, they didn't have to only write about one thing. He could have done what Paul did in Colossians and wrote uh, a four-chapter letter. Obviously, they didn't put the chapters in, but something a little bit longer that talked about um, the aspect of the false teachings that Jude addresses and the common salvation. But no, he, he found this so important. It was so necessary to write to the people about this that that is all he focused on. And that's not because he was a brilliant teacher or a brilliant pastor. It's because that's what the Holy Spirit showed him to do. It, he inst was instructed to do it by the Holy Spirit. In the same way, he wasn't necessarily told, hey, Jude, you need to write this instead of that. Now, I'm not equating my direction toward pre preaching on Jude to the same level of inspiration that Jude got in writing the letter, but it's the same type of thing. But we know everyone has a call. Again, some are more specific than others. Some are called to ministry generally. Others are called to specific areas of ministry. I'm called to worship ministry. Uh, whether that's music or worship more broadly, I know that that is where my call is. And we know that God lays different messages on different people's hearts at different times. Maybe my call will change in five years and it'll go to family ministries instead of worship ministries. I don't know, but that's what God does. But we see the different calls of different people throughout history and it's important to recognize that. One of the calls that I see when I think about church history is that of Luther. Luther had no intention on being a pastor. He was going to be a lawyer. That's what his family wanted him to do. That's what he had trained to do. And then one day he was walking out in a field and a lightning storm hit and he told God, if you allow me to live, I'll go into the ministry. Now, don't try and make deals with God. That's not really how that works. But that's just an example. But another one is with John Calvin. John Calvin was uh, rushed out of Geneva, but he was called back. 
he was told by another friend, you are needed here in Geneva. And he said, I would rather be dragged to hell than go back to Geneva. But God had a different plan. God called him back. And through a series of events, he said, God has so called me back, so I will go and I will obey. We're called for different things at different times. Like Jude saying that this is to those who are called, I need to write this to you. We need to see the different things that we're called to when we're in different places at different times. But then we need to remember that we're preserved for God, by God. If left to our own devices, we will pretty much always fail. There's very little in us that is going to want to do the right thing because it is the right thing. We're going to do the right thing because it rewards us in some ways. But we know when it comes to whatever God calls us to, he will preserve us. He preserves us in our faith. I think about uh, R.C. Sproul when he talked about the the perseverance of the saints. He said it's not the perseverance of the saints. It's not that the believers persevered and were so strong that they made it to the end, but it's the preservation of the saints that when they clung to Christ, he held on to them so tightly that they couldn't fall away. We need to cling to Christ, but it says in this, uh, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. They were kept not because uh, he wanted them to be saved and that, that was part of it, but they were kept for Jesus Christ. They were kept to bring God glory. We need to seek to cling to him in all things. We, when we're struggling with different sins, when we're struggling with uh, our faith, we need to cling to Christ. We need to look to him. When we're struggling with different things, we shouldn't just take our mind off of our struggles by watching TV. And I use that as an example because that's something that I did for a long time. Instead, we need to look to Scripture. We need to look to Scripture to see what Christ has done to remind ourselves that no matter what we're going through, Christ has given us something far greater. And now that might not mean that we're going to, when we're worried about paying a bill or we're worried about the car payment, it doesn't mean that, well, he's given us something greater, so he'll, he'll make sure I pay it. Sometimes he won't. But he'll make sure that we make it to that end. And that's far greater than any payment being made. We need to remember that God preserves those who cling to him. I think of the story, uh, Jeremy Camp, uh, a writer of a lot of different uh, modern contemporary church music uh, songs. Uh, he, there's a movie about his life recently that, was, uh, that came out like right before the lockdown. Uh, I listened to him talk, and he's like, yeah, I made basically no money because it came out, and three days later, stuff started shutting down. Um, But he didn't care. That wasn't the point of it. But he talked about that, in large part, the movie was about him losing his wife. He and his wife got married knowing that she had cancer and knowing there wasn't much likelihood, but they got married in faith. And through that, through watching his wife die, he didn't fall away as much as sometimes he wanted to. He He clinged to Christ and was preserved through it and he knows that his wife is in heaven. There's a lot of other stories of things like this. My grandparents are one when my uncle passed away. I talked to them about it. He passed away uh, 20 years ago. 
that seems like a long, too long of a time. But yeah, it was, it was almost, a tw- it's the 20th anniversary this year. But I talked to them a few years about it. And they said that they did question their faith. Their faith was shaken by it. But God preserved them because they clung to him. They looked to the scripture. They looked for confidence by Christ and through Christ. We are preserved by God for God to bring glory to God. We need to remember that we're called to defend the faith. Uh, the, the apologetics class that we've been having and will have after a pause, that's what that is. That's what apologetics is. It is defending the faith. Now, there are some, um, some of those that that's what they do. They're apologeticists. Uh, Ravi Zacharias is one of those. Um, that, that He does apologetics. He defends the faith. He responds to the faith. But that's something each and every one of us should be doing. When we read verse 4, for certain people have crept in unnoticed who long were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. We need to call out false teaching when we see it. Now, that doesn't mean in the middle of a sermon, get up and jump up and start yelling at whoever's preaching. Uh, If it's truly egregious, maybe that is called for. There are a few... Uh, notable men throughout church history that did do that. But um, please don't, Uh, at least not here. (laughs) But if I say something or Pastor Dennis or Pastor John say something that you're not sure about, talk to us. Ask us about it. We want to make sure that something doesn't slip in. When we look at at theology, we see different teachings, including one that that Pastor John and I were talking about earlier with a notable theologian that just kind of crept in. It seemed okay, and then it just expanded, and now it is a false teaching that he and I were saying that it in and of itself isn't heresy, but it will lead to it. These people are known by God to be ungodly. He knew before that they were going to do this. Um, Now, in part, that is because he is outside of time. He knows things that are before they're going to happen. But we need to realize that sometimes there's going to be problems that need to be called out. Sometimes we need to always seek reconciliation, but sometimes that's not going to happen. Sometimes somebody isn't going to be corrected because they are seeking the destruction. They're seeking to make money off of the gospel in places where it isn't appropriate. We shouldn't be making money off of the gospel. Now, making a living is different than making money. But we know, we can think of different famous pastors that it's obvious that that's what they're doing. There's a story of a pastor in the past couple of years that told his congregation, I don't just need a private jet because I already have one. I need a better private jet. I'm not saying he's a false teacher because I don't know anything about his actual teaching, but I can say that if Pastor Dennis and I ask for a private jet, you may want to double check some things. That, that, that's, that's something that somebody trying to make money off of the church, making a profit off of the church. They're using the name of God and his grace for their increase. But when it comes to it, they're ultimately going to deny Christ. We need to watch out for false teachers. When somebody asks to, be, to get paid before they'll bless you, 
You need to watch out. If there's a faith healer that says, I can heal you if you pay me something, you may want to ask twice about it. And we see the same type of thing in Scripture, in the New Testament, in the Gospels. This is in part what the cleansing of the temple was. It's not that they were selling things in the temple court. That had happened before. It's that they were doing it and taking advantage and lying about what they were doing. Sometimes the temple needs to be cleansed. But in all things, we are called to defend the faith. We are called to watch out for these things. We need to be careful of them. We need to check with one another. Uh, and I know I've said it in a, a, a message somewhat recently, but that's why when I teach at the end, I'll say, are there any questions, concerns, or accusations of heresy? I want to make sure that nobody thinks that something I said was wrong, partially because I want to check myself and make sure I didn't maybe misspeak. Anyone that hears me talk off the cuff for more than about five minutes knows that sometimes my words get out of order and I don't even realize it. Um, so I just want to make sure that everyone understands what I actually meant. But sometimes we need to check each other's thinking and the way we go about things, interpreting certain things. Maybe sometimes somebody didn't realize something in a different passage. That happened with me recently with interpreting uh, the, the uh, author of the book of Hebrews where I said that I thought Paul was a, a viable author and the actual author of Hebrews doesn't matter, but this is an example of that. But then I heard a, another teacher talking and said, but in one, of, in, in one of the other books that Paul writes, he says, I will always sign my name. Okay, well, that, I was wrong. I had, false, I had a mistaken teaching because I missed that point. Now, that's not to the level of heresy, but sometimes those things happen. And sometimes those things get bigger. And sometimes those things become heresy. But again, we are called to defend the faith, but that doesn't always mean throwing somebody out of the building. Sometimes that just means coming aside one another and making sure we are thinking correctly. But we see here, this is not what Jude is talking about. He's not talking about people that are just mistaken. He's talking about people that are obviously not children of God. And maybe that's in part why he emphasizes this is being written to those who are believers by a believer to make sure we get rid of the unbelievers. We need to be willing to look and ha take a critical eye at certain things. But this book in its entirety is about defending the church, making sure that false teachers don't creep in. The thing that has always jumped out at me in this book is certain people have crept in unnoticed. False teachers don't jump up and down. False teachers don't come in and start spouting off heresy the first day they're there. They become trusted. They become known. They earn positions. They earn places. But they do it for their own greedy self-interest. They don't do it because they want to serve God. So over the next three weeks, as we look through this book, we need to keep that in mind. We need to keep this warning in mind. Now, the book of Jude overall is probably one of the heaviest books, at least perverse. Per-verse, two different words. Um, but it's because it is that important. It's that important that he said, this is, this is, this is what I'm worried about. 
I was going to talk to you about another thing, but this is what is important right now. We need to be cautious of this. This is an important thing, and we need to not be distracted by other things. We need to defend the faith. We need to make sure that the gospel of Christ remains pure within the church. We need to remember that we're called to different things. We're called to different specialties. We're called by God to bring him glory. And we're called to do that in different ways, but we're all called to protect the faith and glorify his name. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that we're able to come together and, and pray these things in your name. And, and we thank you for all of the books of the New Testament and that, that we see these different mean messages that are sent down to us through your revelation, through history. And we just ask that over the next three weeks as we look at the book of Jude, that we see what your meaning is, that we remember that, that we are called by you. We are called into your presence. We are called into your glory by your name for your purposes. And that you have called us to protect the faith here on earth and that you give us the, the wisdom and insight to do that. And we just ask that as we go from here, you give us the courage and strength to ask the questions, even if we don't get up and, and start yelling at people when we see a mistake, but we go to them after and check that mistake, that we listen to those that are earnest followers of the faith and stop listening to those that promise an easy way. We know that you give us true wisdom, but it is only through you and by you. And we just ask that we see these things, that we see who you are and who you've called us to be in the church. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that this message was a blessing to all of you that heard it. For any questions or comments uh, or any suggestions of topics you want us to cover in the future, please email us at pastor at mbaptist.org. Uh, we want to hear what you have to say. Uh, we want to be praying with you and for you, so if you have any prayer requests, please either comment on this or email us at prayer at mbaptist.org. Uh, and in that email, you can mark if you want it to stay between the pastors or go out to the deacons or go out to the whole church. We want to be praying with you, even if you're not part of the Mililani Baptist Church family. And for more information on our church, please visit our website at mbaptist.org. Or you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you'll join us again next time.